0: Hey man, it's good to see you all. Welcome. Happy Easter, huh? Happy Easter. I can't pull the He is Risen thing because Ben already did it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So He's Risen?
1: He is Risen
0: indeed. Amen. Man, today's the day to celebrate. I was thinking about that on the way in and just how there are moments in time that are carved out for just one reason, and that's to celebrate, that you have full permission to be happy today. You have full permission to be filled with joy. Amen. Yeah, I'm telling you, sometimes we need it. Sometimes we need it because we live in a world full of bad news, but today is a day where we celebrate the good news. We celebrate newness of life, and Jesus is alive. You know, um, when, when we have Easter, it's always fun because we get to see a lot of people. We get to do special things, and, and uh, this morning, um, I don't know if you had a chance to get out and eat uh, fresh baked cinnamon rolls. I mean, raise your hand if you did that. We were thinking about that. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that not a lot of you are raising your hands because we were thinking like we might have sabotaged ourselves because you know you get these warm cinnamon rolls and then right around what like now you start starts to settle in your stomach and you're, you know you're you're doing this thing. So no, but but you know um, we're grateful that we could celebrate. That's the bottom line. And and something funny happened this morning. Uh, where's where's Noah? Where Noah's going to be baptized today? He's here somewhere. There you are. Hey Noah, like this. Yeah. So um, so Noah had his cinnamon roll, you know, and, uh, and then he asked his grandpa, he said, hey, since I'm born again, can I have another one? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Noah, thank you for that. <laughs> and we said yes. Did he get another one, George? Oh, good, good. Well, there's probably plenty left, so after, I hope that you get one too. Um, you know, today is Easter Sunday, and, and we're going to um, celebrate the goodness of God. We're going to rejoice in the Lord. And most of all, our, our, our service is going to be centered around baptism. We have 11 people being baptized today, making a decision to follow Jesus. Some have already followed him for a long time. And you know how that is where you just, you're just you like waiting for that right time to get baptized. And today's the day for that. Others are new in their profession of faith. And, and, um, and we're just excited. We're excited that you get to, to witness that. And I'm grateful I get to be a part of it. But as I was um, thinking about Easter and, and praying and, and planning and preparing, um, I wanted to just share with you just a short word. And I've, I've asked people to pray that it would remain short. You know, pastors and pulpits and microphones can go on and on. But, but the, the message that's in my heart today, I, I started with it, that today is a day where you get to celebrate, today is a day where you get to rejoice, and today is a day where you might need permission to do it. Um, I, I don't know why I've never thought of this, and maybe you already know this, but do you ever wonder why, why Easter's kind of like a moving target on the calendar? Like, why isn't it the same day all the time? We, we even talk about it. Man, Easter's coming early this year. Wow, it's a late Easter. Are you with me? Yeah. And I've never tried to figure out why. I, I, I looked it up, and, and good old Google produced some information for me. And, and what I learned was that Easter, um, the date that it makes its, its place on the calendar is because of a council of churches um, back in the first century. And, and the reason that they chose this particular time was based on the solar calendar. And, and and I'm sure you already know this. You guys talk about this probably over breakfast and whatnot. But, um, but, but the vernal equinox comes in March, right? The vernal equinox. It's the vernal equinox. I just want to say that several times because I learned that word. And I, I just you know, want to impress you. I, I said it three times because I, I didn't get any... And no one was impressed after the first one. But... But what that means is that as you approach um, the, the Easter season and on into April, what happens is there's a point in time where the sun is lined up directly over the equator. And what that means is that there's an equal amount of daylight and an equal amount of night, right? And so the days are longer. Don't I, and we all, I, I gripe and complain about the daylight saving things. Just leave it alone so we have more daylight, but whatever. So, so you, you already notice that. You notice that the sun is, is shining a little bit longer and the days are longer, um, But in that time, it marks the beginning of spring, right? And the beginning of spring has so much significance to it. Um, that that first full moon, the day after is when Easter comes. And so all of this is about light, right? It's about the light shining brightly. And so you can see why the church fathers had this idea to make sure that it was it was fitting with the, the calendar. And and um, our, our culture isn't this way, but most cultures before us were ag- agrarian culture, so a lot had to do with farming and, and planting and, and harvest and so forth. And so the, the The thing that I want to speak over you and the thing that I want you to hear in your heart over all that um, knowledge of why Easter is moved, because the sun and the axis and the tilt and all of that, what you need to know is that the long winter is over and the spring is here, okay? The long winter is over and the spring is here. And for us in Southern California, you know, you think, well, you know, it always feels like a, a long summer. Um, but, but the reality of it is there's, there's places in our hearts and there's seasons of our lives that just feel like a really long winter. And for those who live in inclement um, places, um, like everyone's moving to from California, but anyway, pl- people who, who, who live in those places... They know that, that the winter seems to drag on and on and on. And when the, when the sun begins to shine and you can get outdoors and do things, it's like it's reason and it's cause to celebrate. The spring means so much, right? Um, are you familiar with um, C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia? And the, 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 um, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, what they say about the, the, whatever her name is, the, whatever the wicked person, the, the witch or whoever she is, what she's brought upon, uh, the curse that she's brought up upon the land is, all, it's always winter and never Christmas, right? Always winter and never Christmas. You know, and sometimes I think our lives feel that way. Like the, the trials, the tests, the heavinesses just pile one upon the other. But Easter is a point in time where we go, nope. Season is in. Springtime is about new life. Springtime is the time when, um, you, when, when you begin to enjoy uh, the, the end of the summer, or excuse me, the end of the winter. And so um, the, the newness of life that comes comes in the plants and the crops that have laid dormant until, up until that point. You know, if you, you garden or whatever else, you see, man, this stuff's coming back. It's what? It's coming back to life. All throughout um, the animal kingdom you see it's a time of um, of new growth, there's new little chicks that are coming up. There's new animals that are are, are rising. That's what spring is all about—newness of life and resurrection. And so I pray that that is the case over you. But the 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 reality that we get from Scripture comes all the way back to the Book of Matthew, and I want to just read you a couple portions, and I, and and I want to put you back in a in a period of time of a real story. Um, and The resurrection is not a fairy tale. It's not something that we read once a year and and hope that it was real. It is a historic account and and the evidence is there from eyewitnesses Um, one particular one that struck me this year as I read was Joseph of Arimathea you know Joseph of Arimathea is is mentioned in all four of the Gospels so you have four writers of the Gospels that have different accounts and sometimes you try to harmonize them by putting them together and go wait this guy has a detail that this guy doesn't have and and it brings about this credible picture of of a resurrection and of, of the whole story of Jesus but Joseph of Arimathea finds himself in, in all four accounts, and, and he's this man who was uh, a part of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was a, a group of elders in the Jewish community, and they formed this, um, they, they, they were self-formed, and they modeled themselves after Moses and, and the elders that Moses had in the Old Testament. But do you know, if, if you know anything about the Sanhedrin is they didn't like Jesus, they didn't like him um, they, for various reasons, but they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. And they were the ones that pronounced crucify him. They were the ones that brought him to Pilate and asked Jesus to be crucified. You following in the story so far? And among that group, now imagine you're, you're one of them. Among that group is this guy named Joseph of Arimathea. And he's one of them. It says it right in scripture. And, and it says also that, that he was a disciple or follower of Jesus. Um, But he kept it secret from the others for fear of the Jews. And there came a point um, when Jesus, and and, and as we know, and if you were with us on Good Friday, where um, Jesus was brutally treated, tortured, and then ultimately crucified and killed on the cross. And it was at that point where Joseph of Arimathea decided to go public with his faith. That at that moment in time, he went and he asked Pilate for the body of Jesus to place Jesus where? in a tomb, a, a tomb where no one had ever been laid. And that, that there he would be placed in that tomb, a stone would be rolled over. We know from archaeology that that was a common thing. Um, I learned more about this this year in reading a particular book, but there would be a, a little ramp and a channel where the stone would be rolled over and it would, it would, it would settle in such a place that it, it, you know as you, you get it up there, you, you can't roll it back down because of gravity. So it was locked in there and then it was sealed. And Joseph of Arimathea was part of that process. Now you, you fast forward into um, what happens after the sealing of that and the feeling of a long winter that most people felt, especially a guy like that who had laid it all down on the line, who had, had, had been watching Jesus, had as the Bible says, had been looking forward to the kingdom. And then he was not, and it also says in Scripture, of one of the accounts from the Gospels, that he didn't agree with the others on the Sanhedrin that wanted to crucify Jesus. And now it seems like all hope is gone, right? It seems like all hope is gone. And, and, I, and we've said that before, from, uh, and I've looked over notes from previous Easters and, and, and times of preaching. Um, but I think in our culture and society today, we've probably experienced that sense of hope being lost like never before. Would you agree with me? And so we can identify with the people of the New Testament. We can identify with those feelings of like, man, I, I'm, I'm afraid to celebrate. Because if I celebrate, there might be disappointment right around the corner. I'm, I'm holding in tension the, the fact that I know Jesus is alive and that I'm a believer and I should have joy. But I also have this uncertainty about a world that is super uncertain. And so it's almost like we, we're, we're in this weird spot. And I can only imagine that those early believers were in a very weird spot when they found that all the hope that they had rolled their lives, all the hope that they had, they had placed in Jesus, and now he's gone. And so here's what we read in Matthew chapter 28 in verses 5 through 7. It says, but the angel said to the woman, and you got to know what happened just before this is that um, different accounts give different people there, but we know there were a couple Marys on the scene, right? Uh, And so the Marys come down there, and they they're there to attend to the body of Jesus. They don't know what they're going to find, and and I love I love the account of the angel that's kind of just sitting on the stone. You know, it's like, hey, he's not here. You know, just he's so casual. He's just there on the stone. But in Matthew's account, he he says to the women who arrive. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He has risen as He said. Come and see the place where He lay. Then go quickly and tell His disciples that He has risen from the dead. And behold, He is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see Him, for I have told you. See, excuse me, see, I have told you. Can you even imagine, right? Can you even imagine... And and the reason that I think it's so significant to put ourselves back in that moment in time is that if we can do that, if we can really go, this is not a fairy tale, this is a reality, then we can really understand the miracle of hope, the miracle of of newness of life, of resurrection, the miracle of long winters passing and a new season coming for you. Um, Paul says it so well that if anyone is in Christ that they're a new creation, that the old has passed away and all things become new. Now you, you might hear that and go, yep, I, I've heard that before and I want that newness of life, but I've got this, this, and this going on. I'm battling this with my health. I'm battling this financially. I'm, I'm battling anxiety over the future of the world. I'm battling these things. And if we're honest, I think we all share in a little bit of each one of those battles because it's part of the human condition. And the the decision to follow Jesus doesn't erase everything that's going on in the world. But as you've heard this said before, um, your circumstances might not change, but you might change in the midst of your circumstances. And that makes all the difference in the world. That your perspective on life, your perspective on what you face, your perspective on what's happening in the world can change drastically, dramatically, and radically when you understand that you serve a risen Savior who's conquered sin and death. That there literally is nothing to fear because he's gone before us and he is risen. Amen? Yeah. And so, so when, we, um, when we take on the, the realities of hopelessness and despair, we take on a, a long winter with no Christmas. And spring is nowhere in sight. But when we look to the Bible, we see that the, the resurrection of Jesus wasn't the only time that someone came alive again. Um, we see that, that Jesus himself spoke resurrection over people. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Lazarus, right? Uh, Lazarus was, was a good friend of Jesus. We know that by, by reading the gospel. And, and he seemed to have a special friendship with Lazarus and his two sisters. And when, when Lazarus, um, the news of his sickness came to Jesus, instead of going quickly to, to heal his his good friend, he just hung out where he was. No one could figure out what he was doing or why he was doing it. He seemed to take his time to get there. By the time he reaches one of Lazarus's sisters, she's not happy. She kind of lets Jesus have it. And Jesus takes it. And then shortly after, um, Lazarus is pronounced dead and he's placed in his tomb and and it's it's a few days that he's dead, so much so that, that a, a, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible said that Lazarus stinketh, right? So, so he was good and dead, right? He was dead to the point where, yep, he's dead, right? There was no mistaking it. Hope was lost, man. It was like a done deal. But what does Jesus do? Jesus arrives under the the scrutiny of of people and under the, the mourning of hopelessness and despair in John chapter 11 and 42. He says when he had said these things and he was talking about the fact that God wanted to glorify himself through this situation, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, and his hands and feet were bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, Unbind him and let him go. Can you even imagine that? I mean, if we read this stuff like it's children's stories or fairy tales, then we just read it like a story, but it's a historical account. Can you imagine? He comes out with his grave clothes, and Jesus is like, hey, I mean, if it was a fairy tale, the grave clothes stuff wouldn't even be in there. But the detail of saying, hey, get that stuff off of him. Let him go. He's free. He's alive. Lazarus lived again. And so maybe over the, the things that feel certainly dead in your life that, that's, that are so dead that they stink, may you hear today that resurrection is about, and Easter is about newness of life. It's about come alive again. The spring is here, right? Come alive again. It's not done. It's never done. Because God is in control and He conquered sin and death. The last and, and, uh, and final example, and then I'm going to read you another portion of Scripture. But, but this is an example that's on like this cosmic level. If you've ever read the Old Testament and you've read the prophets, they do some crazy stuff, right? And the, the imagery of what happens with the prophets are, are phenomenal. And one of the prophets' his name is Ezekiel. And Ezekiel in the Bible is, is faced with the hopelessness and despair of his own nation that has just gone off the rails towards other... I mean, there's no, um, no equivalent here. But his nation had gone off the rails. They had gone towards other gods. They had, they had faced... That was kind of a joke that did not land at all. Because our nation is a mess. Did you guys know that? So, so anyways, so, so here's, here's Ezekiel. And, and he's faced with this. And yet God is saying he has this plan. He has this plan, this ultimate plan to make all things new, to have this kingdom that will never end for those who follow him and know him and believe in him, who can have eternal life, life to the fullest, right? And so, so Ezekiel's faced with this valley of, of dry bones. It's beyond stinking. They're just dusty old bones in a valley. And the call that God makes towards Ezekiel, he says, hey, prophesy to these bones. You know, God asks us to do some crazy stuff sometimes, but I've never been asked to prophesy to dry bones, And and here he says, then, and this is Ezekiel chapter 37. It says, then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause flesh to come upon you and I will cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Let me tell you something. God does impossible stuff all the time. He is a supernatural God. And if you limit him to only what you could do or what others could do, then you're limiting God into such a small box. He can blow your mind with what he's capable of doing. He can cause dead bones to come alive. He can cause a dead man to rise again. And he himself died and rose again. This is the story of Easter. And I know that you know it. I know that you've heard it, or maybe you don't. Maybe you've, you're hearing it for the first time. I'm not quite sure. I know a lot of you. But the reason we come to these moments of celebration, the reason we have these marked moments where we gather and we dress up and we have good food after and it's all crazy and whatever else, the reason we do it is so that we remember. We remember. We remember His power. And may you remember what God is capable of doing over your life. Maybe you're even thinking now, like, no, man, this marriage feels dead, or this job feels dead, or this financial situation feels dead. Don't give up. God will instruct you. God will show you. But as you, you place your hope in Him, as you give your life to Him, as you allow Him to be the one who runs the show, He's the one who will bring newness of life. How many of you in here can say, man, I have experienced resurrection power in my life? Amen. There's some of us, and you're going to hear testimony in just, just a moment of, 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 of like, man, I, I didn't even recognize who I was before, but God made me new. You know, there, there are people that I meet that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, and they start getting into their story, and you're like, what, really, you? You were in prison? No way. You were homeless? No way. You were a drug addict? No way. You were a total jerk? No way. Right? It blows our mind, but that's what God does. God resurrects things. And so Good Friday reminded us that there's, it's okay for some things to die. In fact, there's some things that need to die. Scripture puts it this way, I'm crucified with Christ. There's stuff that, it's called the flesh. And I'm going to read to you about that right now. This flesh is something that we inherited in our humanity. It's the thing that causes us to do the very thing we don't want to do. Have you ever set out to do a good thing and it's turned bad real quick? Ever done something selfish? Ever lied? You guys are in church. Okay, you ever lied? <laughs> Right, And the list goes on and on. And the harder that we try to do good on our own, the, the more that we fail, and then we beat ourselves up, and then we have that hopelessness and despair, that long winter with no Christmas. But then we begin to understand something totally miraculous, something just inconceivable, something that has to be like only created by God, the solution, Right? The solution comes in God's grace that was given to you. It's a free gift that no one could earn it. No one could pay for it. But God in His mercy, and His great love for us, gives us Jesus, a perfect person, 100% God, 100% man, who walks the earth, who lives among us, who experiences rejection, who experiences anything that we would experience on this earth. And yet He doesn't sin. But he's charged with sin. He's, he's falsely accused. And he, he's led to a cross. And he bears the weight of all the sins of humanity upon his shoulders. And there comes a point while he hangs on the cross where he breathes his last. And he utters these words. What are the words? It is finished. The work that God had, the mission of God that He came to do to redeem mankind, the invitation that He has for each and every one of us to come and follow. Listen, there's a lot of weird stuff that's been attached to Christianity, a lot of culture and things that aren't even in the Bible. But when you get into the Word of God and when you discover the simple truth of anyone and everyone who wants to follow Him has the opportunity to do it. The the reality that we get to follow Jesus, that we get to have forgiveness of our sins and newness of life and hope, as you'll see evidenced in in baptism. It's for everybody. And if that choice hasn't been made for you today, here's an invitation to do it. The the favorite scripture for, for many of us growing up in church is God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever, and just pause there for a minute on whoever. What's that word mean? whoever there there are some that we would be like no not you no not you but god didn't do that god said whoever believes in him won't perish but have everlasting and eternal life and that's the gospel but i want to read to you this ephesians chapter 2 and this is the heart of the easter message the heart of the easter message is that you were dead in your trespasses and sins That's the long winter. Verse 2 says, You once walked following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedient, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Sounds like a... Title for a punk band, right? Children of Wrath or something like that. (laughs) But the the heart of that is seriously, it's like all the rebellion that goes with it. That's who we were outside of Jesus. And verse 4 has this statement. It says, but God, right? And I imagine that if we look at our lives and we look at the directions that we were heading or the moments in time where um, he stepped in, uh, we would be so lost, but God. But God in his mercy... You know, some of you look to the one that you married and you go, man, I lucked out, but God. You know, some of us look to the, the, um, the choices that we've made in our lives that could have led us down this direction, but God. It says, but God, being rich in His mercy, because of His great love with us, which He loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, this is what He did, He made us alive in Christ And by grace you have been saved. You have been raised up and seated with us. Excuse me. He has seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. And the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You might know this. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. This is a gift from God. And it's not a result of works so that, that no one would boast. And I love this. This is the theme for all of our summer camps. We're His workmanship. We're God's poem. We're God's creation. We're His masterpiece. We're His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. God is rich in mercy. and When we were as good as dead because of sin, He made us alive with Christ. So everything that Christ experienced, we get to experience in the resurrection. He seated us with Him. And so we're not just stuck lowly, But our position is accepted by God, that we're seated with Him in heavenly places, that God is not ashamed of any one of you. I I, I like this um, thing that I learned many years ago, that God loves you and we can all go, yeah, He has to love us because He's loved. But guess what? God also likes you. He likes the way that He created you. He likes your personality. And some of us experience so much rejection and we believe so many lies, but that's not true of God. He seated you with Him. He's like, hey, this one's with me. I got reserved seats for them and they're in heavenly places. And all of this is not of our doing. It's not because we're great. It's not because we memorized enough scriptures or checked the box or attended church effortlessly and and always on time. But it's because of God's great love for us. It's his mercy towards us. It's all a gift from God and so I wanted to uh, and I know we sing a lot here if you're new to church um, we're not ashamed of it we actually like to do that because that, that's something that gives us the opportunity to express what we hear in our hearts we express it back to God in honoring who He is and so I wanted to invite our team of worshipers to come back to the, the platform and, and we're going to sing a song that we began with um, and it's a song that I think pretty much everybody knows the song is Amazing Grace right and Amazing Grace um Talks about what only God can do for us, but there's a line in that song that our chains are gone, that our chains have been broken, the the chains of death, and that's what we celebrate in baptism. And so, while they're singing the song, those of you that are being baptized, um, I want to invite you to come up to the front, and you can find your seats here. We have these chairs, and those that are going to be speaking on behalf of those baptized, you can come up as well. And uh, for the rest of us, would you just let the the truth of the gospel settle in, as now you're going to be able to see um, a witness of the gospel and resurrection power. Amen. Amen. invite you to have a seat, and um, I'm going to have Sebastian and his dad, Dan, come up and join me, and Sebastian, before you get in the pool, um, Dan, did you want to say something? Sure. All right, um, I wanted to give his dad an opportunity just to speak into his life, and, and um, I want to say first, Sebastian, that uh, I know you love Jesus, and I've had a chance to hear you talk about it, and I'm very proud of you. Sebastian I can't tell you how proud I am of you today I think it's
2: fantastic that you made this decision all on your own and then after having done so you took the initiative to move forward with your decision I think it's fantastic that we get to walk in his footsteps together
0: all right on. all right buddy you got to get in that pool now I'm going to get in first and then you can I'll help you in okay don't worry it's not even cold Come on,
3: bud.
0: <laughs> Come right on down here. It's going to get a little cold right there. All right, Dan, hop on in. You can. I'll take that for you. All right. If you want to turn and face everybody here, one of the things about baptism and and why I'm so proud of each one is um, this is a very public thing, right? Baptism in the in the Bible and throughout history was a way to identify to the whole community that I am a follower of Jesus that I, I believe in this resurrection power and the, the water represents a grave really and remember I talked about that flesh and what we hear about the flesh it causes us to do the things we don't even want But what we're saying when when we go under the water is, man, that flesh is gone. I crucify that with Jesus. And then when you come up out of that water, one of the things that often happens is is celebration and cheering. And so you're welcome to do that because what we're celebrating, remember today's a day where we get to do that. We're celebrating the newness of life for Sebastian. And then we'll just take a moment and pray over him. So Sebastian, I'm gonna have you plug your nose like this and then put your other hand here. And on the profession of your faith, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're going to pray for you, bud. You can stay for one sec. Lord, we pray for Sebastian now. and We bless him in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the profession of his faith. We thank you that he is a part of that workmanship, that he's a masterpiece. You have a plan for his life. We pray that you'd release him on that course, Lord. Give his parents the ability to see the gifts that are in him as they've already done so well, so faithfully now. God, I pray they would continue to see the gift of God in him and to fan that into flame. So we bless him in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. I want to invite Estelle to come, and her dad, Bryant, will um, be baptizing her. And Brian, I want to give you a chance too to, before we get in the water here, to, to share your heart with your daughter.
2: Estelle, as you know, your name means star, and your middle name Hikaru means to shine. And so I've uh, picked some scripture that I'd like to read over you. First of all, your mom and I are so thrilled that you decided on your own that you wanted to be baptized and that you want to follow Jesus your whole life. In Matthew, uh, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light To all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And I just pray that uh, your whole life that others would see Jesus
0: shine through you. All right. Thank you, Brian. Come on in, you guys. You're not afraid of cold water, huh? All right. Let's see how deep this thing is. All right. You know, um, both parents said that these children made this decision on their own and and we had a baptism class. And I'm like, yep, they absolutely did. That these kids know the word of God. They know the Bible and they know what they're doing. And and some of you... From different traditions or you might ask when is a, a child ready to be baptized and I say when their parents say that they are we believe here that that parents are the primary disciples that they're the ones God's gifted um and given the and equip them to raise their child in the way of the Lord and our job is just to like help as much as possible and that's what we're here to do and so I commend you Bryant and I commend you where your wife there she is and uh, and and I especially am very proud of you and I know you're shivering so um <laughs> Estelle, because you've confessed Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I pray your hand to be strong upon Estelle's life that just as was spoken, she would shine brightly for you that you say of all of us that, that we are the light of the world that our light should not be hidden may her light never be hidden God, fill her with your Holy Spirit and power that she might be a bold woman of God we bless her in the name of Jesus Amen and Amen yeah. Amen, Estelle Know before you get in the water, Pastor Scott's going to baptize you with me. And, um, and I just want to say to you, I have had the privilege of getting to know you through being around here your whole life, but also through um, the skate camps and different things. And I see in you uh, a, a really strong young man, someone who's not afraid to take risks, someone who knows how to fall down and get back up, and someone who's just fun and funny. And, and, and that's not something to be taken lightly, that God has put his joy in your heart. And, and just as was said of the other children for you as well, you don't have to wait till you're older to follow Jesus. You get to follow him right now. And so I'm very proud of you that this is your decision to, in front of all these people. This is like a big Sunday too, man. All these people here <laughs> that, that you have said yes to Jesus and you're not afraid or ashamed of the gospel. So come on in and we're going to baptize you, man. All right, but, Just gonna have you plug your nose. Put your hand here, because you have confessed Jesus as the Lord and Savior of the life of your life. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
4: Father, we just thank you for Noah. God, we thank you for the life that he's gonna live for you. We thank you for the calling that you've placed on his life at such a young age. And God, we speak your wisdom in his life, God. We speak your guidance in every step that he takes, God, that you would use him, that the leadership characteristics that come out of him, that, God, he would use those to benefit uh, the the kingdom of God, Lord. We just ask that you would just uh, guide every step that he takes, use him to bring those around him to come to know you, Lord. Let him be a force for you. We thank you for what he is and who he is, God. We just release him now to become the man of God you called him to be we thank you for your faithfulness in his life and in his family's life so god touch him we pray in jesus name amen amen
0: amen Amen. (laughs) ryan and, and sarah would you guys like to come yeah ryan and sarah are engaged to be married and um and they've made decisions to follow jesus together so we're gonna we're gonna baptize them together here in the in the waters and and I have had the privilege of getting to know the two of them through their premarital counseling and there's no doubt in my mind that that both of them have given their lives to Jesus has have decided to follow him and want to live a a life together where Jesus is the center of their life and marriage and so it's a great privilege um, to be able to baptize you in front of your friends and family so would you come right on in I don't know why I'm trying to help you. Like, like this big man, I'm like, would you like help, Ryan? Yeah. Is there you want me to stand? Like, like this way, right here. You're doing good. We're, we're going to go backwards here, and it's going to be great. So. <laughs> I want to ask the both of you, um, have you, I know I've I've said it, but I want you to be able to say it. Have you both decided that you want to follow Jesus all the days of your life? He's the Lord and Savior of your lives. All right. If you would plug your nose and and place your hands there. Upon the profession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah. I bless this couple in the name of Jesus I thank you for the gifts and the calling that you've placed upon their lives Lord the calling that they have together as a couple and the one that rests upon each one of them individually God I thank you for Ryan I thank you for his strength and his his quiet leadership by example God may you bless him all the days of his life may he may he just be a witness to your goodness And hope for people as he serves them well. God, I I thank you for Sarah and the sweetness that she has. And the love that she has. And the wisdom that she carries, God. May she be continually um, a light in a dark world, God, where there is things that are hopeless and bring despair. May she bring light when she walks into the room, the light of Jesus. So I bless them both now in your powerful name, God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Give them a fresh touch, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 many of well I think many of you most of you know Abby and Joel and yeah Um, and Abby and Joel are married as well and they wanted to be baptized together Abby is my niece and so her dad is my brother and um, I invited him to come and baptize but I know Jarrett you wanted to say some things before we we baptize them.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm here to testify to the genuine um, transformation that Christ has done in both their lives as a couple and individually. Um, Joel, you might be Phyllis's long-lost grandson, <laughs> but more than that, in Christ, you're a new creation, and um, I've seen a tremendous change in your life, and it's, it's real, and um, I'm so blessed to have you in my family. You're my favorite son-in-law. Rose is watching in Florida right now. So <laughs> oh, Pastor hey, Rose. It is. Um, and Abby, I, want, I wanted you to know that um, your value transcends whatever you do for Christ. Um, you are valuable to him because of who you are and because he's chosen you. And as a couple, it's amazing to see what God's going to continue to do through you as you trust
0: him. So thank you. All right. Thanks, Jerry. You guys come on in. <laughs> I want to give you guys a chance to um, to respond to the profession of your faith as well did the both of you decided that for the rest of your lives that you want to follow Jesus with all that you have and all that you are yes Yep. all right um, well then we're going to baptize you so um, Joel put your arm like this And I'm going to stand up like this. (laughs) So bend your knees a little, but thank you. So on the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, You can go too. Yeah, you go too, Abby. (laughs) On the profession of your faith, Abby, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we bless, we bless Joel and Abby. God, we bless them. Father, we pray that just the release of the fresh touch from your Holy Spirit, let the power of God be upon them. Lord, may they be beacons of hope um, as they carry out their ministry to lead young people and disciple them in the ways of you. Bless them, I pray, and fill them afresh and anew. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Joel and Abby are going to stay here in the pool because, um, the Bible teaches us to go and baptize, right? And in Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It doesn't say that you have to have an ordination or that you have to be, but there are our youth directors and Deegan, um, has decided to be baptized. And we, when we were in our meeting, he said, can Joel and Abby baptize me? And I was like, "Mm, okay, no, (laughs) no, honestly, I thought it was so significant. So Deegan, um, would you come in and, and, um. And, oh, I'm sorry, yes, of course, I apologize. Deegan's dad, Aaron, is here and wants to um, say, speak into his son's life. Sorry about that. All right, Deegan. Well, i just got to say before everyone how thankful I am to God for you. Uh, and how I'm thankful for how he preserved you when you were just a baby and we were in the hospital all the time and figuring things out. I just want to thank God for how he's, he's you've been following him, as you've gotten older, you've been listening to him and following him your whole life. I'm just so thankful for how you help the people around you, and you're just you care for people with always a sense of good humor and fun. And that's that, that's uh, I'm just really excited to see how um, what he does with your life, how you continue to follow him. And I'm so proud of you for taking this this step here in front of your whole community to um, proclaim your faith that has been growing um, and you've made your own. So. I just thank God for you so much. All right. This was my first time. You saw how I did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just do that.
1: <laughs>
0: um, a hand over the nose. Hand over here. Bend your knees a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Um, see you I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we baptize you in your name. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's great for you. Yeah. Go ahead, pray for him. We thank you so much for the life of Deegan, God. We thank you for the bold guy that you have made him, God, that he is the real thing, God, that he follows you so pure, God, that he's not ashamed to follow you, God, that he is the light in in the schools and the world where he's at, God. He's just the light and a joy to be around, God, and I thank you for that boldness that you put in his life to follow you, God. God, when I see Deegan, I just see him as the guy that knows 100%. He knows that he knows that he knows that you're real. Mm. And it's inspiring to us, and it's inspiring to his classmates, God. And I thank you for Deegan. In your name, God. Thank amen. You, amen. Amen. Bless you, Deegan. Yeah, congratulations. All right. All right, Caleb and Allison, I think it's your turn. And your dad's going to come and join us here as well. Um, I was so happy to hear you know um, that, that you guys wanted to get baptized and, and when your dad um, texted me and, and said is it, is it too late I said no way you just have to give him the baptism class and you did and so I'm, I'm grateful that you are such a man of God and you're raising your children to be um, children of God we're, we're grateful so yeah, anything you want to share
2: so um, Caleb first I have a little story about Caleb he took 55 hours, maybe 53. Uh, Mommy was in labor for that long. And uh, (laughs) we ended up rushing to the hospital. Um, And when we got there, they did tests. And they wanted to see if you were distressed at all. And we we were happy because you weren't. So they said, "Okay, about uh, two hours more, you guys can just rest and relax. You've been through a lot. And then the nurse gets a call saying, We've got an emergency C section coming in. We need the doctor to perform it. So if you have anyone who needs to go, they need to go right now. So we ended up pushing mommy on her bed down the hall, literally running into the operating room. The doctor, you know, pulls you out by the ankles. <laughs> and unbeknownst to us, you were covered with yucky stuff. I won't get into it, but it's called meconium. And the nurse looked at me and she says, with wide eyes, she says, if we would have waited one more hour, he would have been in big trouble. Two weeks ago, we had a baby die. So we had no idea that your life was in danger, but God did. Mm -hmm. And from that very beginning, he's called you for a purpose. And shortly after that, you were only less than 10 minutes old. You taught me a lesson and about God's voice. You were crying. You literally were within an hour of maybe, maybe dying. So you had reasons to cry. You had good reasons to cry. Well... The, the nurses were sticking things up your nose And in your mouth And sucking all that stuff out and You didn't like it You weren't happy at all They placed you When they finished They placed you Inside this incubator And you wouldn't stop crying You were screaming And the nurses were trying to calm you down And then they called me over And the, the greatest thing happened I said Caleb Daddy's here and immediately you stop crying. You recognize my voice because my voice was familiar. And it occurred to me, you know what, when we hear God's voice, we can calm down too. And, And us adults, we go things like, maybe we don't have enough money or whatever problems and we get all upset. But you were close to death and that familiar voice calmed you down. And it reminds me that the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord calms the wind and the waves, and the voice of the Lord said, "It is finished." Amen. So we can rejoice in that. We don't have to be upset, and that's helped me with mommy being gone. You know, uh, and this where where Allison comes in. Allison, you you reflect mommy's heart. You are a gift to me because you're the closest thing that I have to mommy. And when I see you, I see mommy. I see her heart. So you are uh, you you are my my special gem. So thank you.
0: Right, thank you. Who who wants to go? You want to go first? Yeah, come on. I that
1: <laughs>
0: Caleb, I know your dad spoke some things over you, and and I just want to say that I see Jesus in you. that you're always here, and I love that. They're always around, and you serve so faithfully and with so much joy, and you're an example to all of us, and as I said to, to Noah, I'll say to you, you're following Jesus now. You don't have to wait till later. It's, it's real in you now, and, and we're grateful to be able to baptize you, so would you plug your nose here and put your hand there, and on the profession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. We'll pray for you, bud. Father, we pray for Caleb now. God, we pray that you would always um, keep him near. And I know that's your promise, but that he would draw near to you as you're drawing near to him, that he would know your voice, he would respond to it in obedience, and that his life would reflect the joy of the Lord, which is clearly his strength. So I bless him, and I pray that you would fill him afresh with your Holy Spirit and power. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right, Allison, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. Allison, you, re- you just reflect God's joy and his love. And um, whenever I see you, I, I just think of, of how, um, how joyful you are and how special you are. And I know your dad had said that to you as well, but I, I want to repeat that to you that God loves you so much, and we all love you so much, and we're really honored to have you in our lives. And so I'm going to baptize you, because I know that you have decided to follow Jesus, and so on the profession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit. And, uh, do you want to We're going to pray for you. Um,
2: Father in heaven, we rejoice over uh, Allison, and we rejoice over Caleb, that their names are written in the book of life, and that a day awaits us that we will run down those streets of gold and rejoice and be reunited as a family, but also be uh, reunited with you. And Father, let us go in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, that you see us as just as if we never sinned, and we want to be strong in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Amen. amen. You. Bless you, man. All right, Pastor Scott, if you join me again. And um, Susan, I think uh, we're going to... It's your turn. No, you're good, Scott. You can move. Oh, gotcha. That's all right. Um, Susan wanted to have an opportunity to just give a, a testimony before we baptize her.
3: Hi everybody. Um, I just wanted to kind of give honor to a couple of people that brought, pretty much got me here. Um, one of, two of them are, are here, but one is called uh, was called home. Uh, that is Miss Martha and Miss Pat for a grassrootsy little class that they held on Wednesday nights. Um, I came there ambivalent. I came there because I found a loophole in my uh, sober living Um, environment where they allowed us to forego an AA meeting in lieu or to get um, spiritual counseling. So I found that little loophole and I came there to that little Wednesday class completely ambivalent. I was there for the bread that they served afterwards but I did get fed the word. So I did want to thank Miss Pat and Miss Martha for fulfilling the Great Commission because without them Maybe I might not be standing right here today, and then also I do want to thank um, estella Elizondo, who I believe is here somewhere, but um, I I live with her, and she's provided me with wise counsel. She's a true woman of God, and she just counsels me on a daily basis. She's a true prayer warrior. So, and then I also want to uh, thank my um, church family for um, just showing me what true, unconditional love looks like. So thank you, everyone.
0: Amen. Thank you, Susan. <laughs>
3: no,
0: we're not. We got you. All right. All right. Susan, I, I so enjoyed the time that we got to spend together in the baptism class and hearing your story and even what you were saying about the loophole, you know, that you, you, you thought you were just cruising in to get out of an AA meeting, but God had a bigger plan yeah. and, uh, and the gospel came alive to you mm-hmm. and, and I think your story is important for everybody else because it didn't just happen overnight. It happened over a period of time mm-hmm. that, that that seed was planted and it was water and it took some years before mm-hmm. you realized, hey, whatever I experienced there, I can't find anywhere else and it wasn't just this church. It's a pretty good church. But it wasn't just this church. It was the fact that um, Jesus, that seed of the gospel was planted. And you came looking for it. And you accepted Christ. And we are so grateful that you did. And so I'm going to have you plug your nose in on the profession of your face. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we didn't drop you. <laughs> We're going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for our sister. God, we bless her in the name of Jesus. We thank you that she is your workmanship created to do good works in Christ, which you had planned in advance the things for her to do. God, we thank you that her best days are ahead of her. Lord, that as she continues to grow in her faith, that, Lord, you're right there with her to fill her with the power of the Holy Spirit, to give her everything that she needs to remind her, Jesus, of everything that you taught. Mm -hmm. We bless her, God. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to fill her afresh and anew day by day. Lord, you would lead her and you would guide her. God, we pray healing over her body in the areas where she needs it. God, we pray um, specifically over some um, skin cancer. God, we pray that you would heal that in the name of Jesus, that you would show your mighty power and your faithfulness to her. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that strengthens her and the the fearlessness that she walks through life with and the example that she is to us in that. God, we honor you and we bless her in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 You're welcome. Amen. I um I wanted to. Oh, oh, you got it. <laughs> you know, um, I think that was it for those that signed up to be baptized. But is our tradition here, and and um, not just because it's what we do as a church, but in the Bible, um, whoever wants to come and follow Jesus, the invitation is there. And um, there's a, one of my favorite stories is in in Acts on the eighth chapter. There's a an Ethiopian, you know, he's a person who has means. He's there, he's taking care of the queen's money and he's, he's reading a scroll and, and Philip, uh, the evangelist, is there and he asks him, what are, you, what are you reading? He says, how could I know unless somebody explained it to me? And the gospel's explained to him. The gospel that I explained a little earlier. And something came alive in, in this Ethiopian when he heard the gospel. And it was him of his initiative. And I've heard others say this. It's like this, like I can't get out of my seat quick enough kind of feeling. But, but for, for this Ethiopian, he says, well, here's some water. What's to stop me from being baptized? And, of course, Philip said, the baptism class. You know, you have to do that on the Wednesday. But- Laughter. He said nothing. He he baptized him because the Spirit of God was doing something in this man's heart. And and this is not in any other. This is nothing more than just an invitation. If the Spirit of God is moving in your heart, um, there's room for you in this water. There's room for you in this time. And so, um, if anyone would like to get baptized, the um, you can come now. And for those of you that um, would like to kind of remember your baptism experience um we have a tradition here of just the welcome to come to the water and to just feel the water that that the the water itself is not like uh supernatural uh it just came from a garden hose you know but it's the symbol of what god do you want to get baptized that's awesome come over here um yeah come on in cassie Making sure she doesn't ruin her watch. Yeah. Come on in. It's cold. It takes a lot of courage to get into a baptism pool in your clothes with everybody here but that's what the spirit of God does is he calls us and draws us and so Kathy I know that you follow Jesus I know that you know him and um, and so we want to join with you in celebrating what the spirit's doing in your life in this moment so um, if you want to plug your nose and we baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit
4: Jesus we thank you for kathy 's decision Lord to stand here and pronounce her love for you her decision to, to just serve you all the days of her life and God we ask now for just a, a supernatural impartation into her life God that you would move in areas that she wants you needs you to move in God that she would become God who you 've called her to be Lord that you have a path set before her and God I thank you for her willingness to to serve you Lord and we ask Lord Jesus that you would continue to to speak your heart for her god let her understand lord that her identity comes from you lord that you love her that you look at her and you dance over her when she's unaware god i love that thought process Mm -hmm. that god that you love us in spite of all the things that we've done and where we've been and how we've lived god that you choose to see us through those eyes of, of, of of the crucifixion and and the blood that was shed over us so god we thank you for that we pray just a a newness of life in Kathy mm-hmm. today, Lord God, that she would just sense your new love for her, and Lord, that she would just continue to serve you mm-hmm. all the days of her life. We honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 All right, Libby. I'll help you. We need to get a new baptism pool. It's not your fault. Libby, I'm so excited that you want to be baptized. Come in. Hey. Yeah. Libby, I've known you since before you were born when you were just in your mom's tummy. And, and I've I've watched you grow and um and I know that you love Jesus and that you want to follow him. And so um we're excited to baptize you. So would you would you plug your nose and place your hand here? And on the profession of your faith, Libby, we want to baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Jesus. Lord we thank you for um, Libby and the boldness to make a public testimony a public statement of her faith Lord I um, pray the filling of your Holy Spirit Lord baptize her not only in water but baptize her in power in the power of your Holy Spirit may she be filled from the top of her head to the tips of her toes God may she know how deep and how wide the love is that you have for her God would you release to her your plan and purpose God would you give her courage like never before in her life God would you give her clarity on her future as she walks in this new season of life um, as a college student God I pray you would go before her and pave the way I pray you'd surround her, Lord, with good people who love you and know you. God, you'd give her eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is doing and help her to walk in those ways. We bless Libby. Fill her afresh and anew, we pray, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Very proud of you. Is there anybody else? We're gonna sing. Um, I know we have another song, but if we could just sing just the chorus of that "Amazing Grace" again, because I want to—I want to give you opportunity to to think about the amazing grace that's touched your lives. And um, and I know, children, this is a special day. I don't even know what time it is. it's probably gone over, but oh well. Um, but but we have an Easter egg hunt for you, you know. And the Easter egg hunt's gonna be really cool because um, you're gonna be able to go all around the church and and find special Easter eggs that are filled with prizes and. And the reason we do that is because just like we said from other people that the gospel is like that. It's like a treasure that's hidden, you know. And when you open it up, you discover how amazing it is. And so um, we know that those seeds of the gospel are sown in your hearts. And so many of you have chosen to follow Jesus. And so um, I want to give the kids a chance to go and, and, and head out if your parents are okay with that. Um, we have people waiting for them in our, in our children's department. Um, if you'd like to go with them, parents, are welcome to do that. But we're going to give them a head start to go and, and find the treasures that are hidden throughout. Thank you all for, for coming today And, um, and celebrating uh, the gospel But celebrating these baptisms And the lives of those that were baptized And, um, and we're going to end with, with a special song um, Just a, a song of celebration uh, You're welcome to stay And sing it as long as you want Or you can, you can begin to head out But I do want to make sure you know you're, If you want prayer for anything You want any one of us to pray for you You can come up, we'd love to pray for you um, So why don't we stand together And uh, this service and this day Is all about freedom and uh, God has set us free. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. So bless you, God. I bless each one. I pray, God, that they would go out with joy. They would be led forth with peace. I pray that they would be reminded of the depths of the love that you have for them. And God, that they would walk this year in new levels of freedom, and new levels of hope. Where there's hopelessness, God, I pray they would bring hope. Where there's darkness, I pray they would bring light. Bless them through the power of of your gospel through the power of Jesus. May resurrection power be theirs in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
1: There's no sound loud then the captives set free. There's no sound loud then the captives set free. proclaim. There's no sound louder than the captives set free. There's no sound louder than the Sound. There's no sound louder than the captain said free. There's no sound, there's no sound louder than the captain said free. So-